The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Hey, I got a question for people out there. If... uh, if you want, you can let me know, email me or something. Uh, it's interesting. We cast to Rumble, and I uh, was not able to get Rumble to work. Another person I know can't get it to work. But if I use a VPN, different area, I can get it to work. So just curious if anybody's having any problems out there uh, with that. That way you can let me know. Just, uh, you know, just curious. So it might be an issue with the Internet. That does happen sometimes. Hey, if you want to give me a call on this February 9th, 2024, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right. Um, hmm, interesting. So uh, last night I was on for a couple of hours on uh, answering Adventism. And I'd already known that Adventism has a lot of problems. And it does. Lots of problems. And I did not know some of the stuff that this guy, who's uh, Miles Christian is his name, and he's been studying Islam, I mean Islam, uh, Adventism for a long time. He was uh, showing some quotes and stuff, and oh my goodness, uh, there is absolutely no way that uh, the founder of uh, SDA, Ellen G. White, no way she's a Christian. She's a cultist. And official SDA theology is non-Christian. It's a cult. It's bad. And so uh, I'm going to be modifying and adding some more stuff, and i got some documentation and some incredible stuff. So if you are in SDA or you know someone who is in SDA, we could talk. But uh, it's like Roman Catholicism. The official doctrine is, is Antichrist. But there can be people within it who are saved. So that's just something to mention, to uh, focus on a little bit. It was a, a good discussion. I enjoyed it. And I appreciate Miles for his contribution and his research in uh, in that stuff. So he provided a lot of documentation, which I'll be verifying. But man, oh man, yeah, it's bad news. It, it really is. All right, hey, look, I want you to give me a call eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. And if you want, you can email me at info at carm Info at Rumble working on our on your TV. Good, Rumble. Excuse me. Uh, info at karm.org, and uh, all you have to do is um, is put in the the subject line, you know, radio question or radio comment, and uh, I get to them. See, so I'm looking in there to see if we've got any new ones in there right now and stuff like that. I don't see any. So interesting. Anyway, um, if you, like I said, you want to give me a call. I want to hear from you. Sometimes on Fridays what I'll do is I, I get to hate mail, which I love hate mail, and um, do uh, sometimes wacko mail. We don't have too much wacko mail left. But uh, let's see. All right, let's see, let's see. I could just jump right into some – it's in a wacko mail category. So let's see. 
Someone says, Mary, meet. That's a Wicca greeting. I know I said I'll stop sending you emails, but something occurred to me. Not once did anyone representing Wicca came to a stranger and proselyte the soul. Hmm. Also, not once did I see a booth or stand advertising Wicca with people gathering around. Not once did Wicca dressed in exotic wear, flashy jewelry. Okay. I don't know why, but I'll keep these words if I were you. Hmm. If... Now, wait a minute. You know, if they don't know why, why should I? I don't know why, but I think you should keep these words. Really? What's the reason? I, I, you know, I get a kick out of this stuff. People don't realize what they write sometimes. It says, of all the talk about Wicca and the books discussing it in the library, did something dawn on me? Witches practice magic in secrecy, so you'll not going to... So you're, you will not going to read any books on witchcraft or pagan... Okay. So we would say that this person does not have uh, his, his, uh, all his paws in a litter box. That's obvious. Okay, let's try this one. Uh, my hope... This is a different email. My hope for you all is to become saved. There's thousands of unsaved pastors and millions of unsaved believers. Jesus never started a new denomination called Churchianity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Uh, yeah. You know it's, what I've noticed is a lot of times people misrepresent the other view. Now, this happens a lot with Calvinism. It really does. That's the the most I've seen, and uh, that uh, people will misrepresent it. And, and not only it, but other views. Why is that? I've always uh, believed that if you're going to attack something, you should represent it properly. Uh, and that's called steel manning. Uh, to steel man is to represent the other uh, side properly, and straw man is to build up something that it doesn't that isn't the truth, and then you attack that. It's called a straw man. So um, uh, that's what I find is that a lot of times people just don't uh, represent uh, the, the the views properly that they uh, that they attack. You know, like. Uh, Christianity. This is all it's all about. That's not what Christianity is about. That's not what Protestantism is about. So it's really kind of odd. It's it's sad. All right. Now look. Last night, like I said, I was involved with a nice discussion with a guy, and we discussed um, Seventh Day Adventism. So what I'm going to do is go over some of the stuff that uh, we that we went over last night. And just mention uh, some of the interesting uh, statements. And let's even get to it right here in my notes. There we go. All right. So, uh, what I noticed in the discussion is that uh, they have the same doctrine of salvation as Roman Catholics. The very same. I, I couldn't see any, any difference. And. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see the bio. This is so. so uh, they said this is in uh, statement of confidence in the writings of Ellen G. White, SDA GC session, July 2, 2015. We reaffirm our conviction that her writings are divinely inspired, truly Christ-centered, and Bible-based. Rather than replacing the Bible, they uplift the normative character of Scripture and correct inaccurate interpretations of it. All right, so uh, that's a problem. Um, so th that her writings are divinely inspired. All right, so this is a huge problem. 
anyone who would say that Ellen G. White's writings are inspired, or anybody's writings other than the apostles and the prophets, etc., is inspired, is problematic. To say that, that her writings are inspired means that they are without error. And we can find all kinds of errors in them. So what I find interesting is that a lot of times people in cults, they give their minds over, they give their hearts over, they give their souls over to that group, that leader, that church. And it doesn't really matter what is said, they're just correct. Or the, the, the leader, the group, the church, whatever, is just correct. And this is what, one of the things that is happening. Her writings are divinely inspired. It's just not true. Only the only thing that God says is inspired is his word. And he says this in Second Thessalonians, to me, Second uh, Timothy 3.16. He says the written word is Theopneustos, God breathed, it's inspired. That's what is inspired, not Ellen G. White's writings. And uh, Let's see. Uh, our position on the testimonies of Ellen G. White's writings is that is like the keystone to the arch. Take that out, and there's no logical stepping place till all the special truths of the message are gone. So uh, now they're saying that her writings are uh, the cornerstone of truth. It's just, it's a load of of. Um, What's with scubalon, and uh, that's a Greek word for stuff. So uh, bad stuff. Now, yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. Okay, let's let me get down here. Here, this we talked about this, and uh, so this is what they said. They said um, the Comforter that Christ promised to send after He ascended to heaven is a spirit in all the fullness of the Godhead making manifest the power of divine grace to all who receive and believe in Christ as personal Savior. There are three living persons of the heavenly trio in the name of these three great powers. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, those who receive Christ by living faithful are baptized, and these powers will cooperate with the obedient subjects of heaven. So, uh, we don't want to say that. We don't want to say powers, the heavenly trio. We want to say things that Christianity has understood. The problem here, let me I kind of cut myself off there. What we want to stick with are words and terminologies that Christians throughout the centuries have have uh, worked through and have figured out. And so um, what we're finding here is that... Uh, that when you deviate from the terminology, the terminology of something is usually associated with the theology that goes with the terminology. So people have developed certain theological perspectives over the centuries to really be able to uh, define what truth is. So uh, that's why she should not, they should not say three powers. That, that actually is getting in the idea of um, of away from the doctrine of the Trinity, and it goes on. Uh, it says under Adventist.org/forward/slash/Trinity, the Triune God may be compared to a winning team, the united their mission, and this is weak uh, phraseology. And then uh, also, I won't get into this about Jesus till after we talk to the caller. But man, it, I'm going to read some stuff. It gets really bad. It gets really bad. All right, let's get on the on the air with Anonymous sixty six. Welcome, you're on the air. Hey there, my friend. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I'm on speaker. 
Um, a long time no call, and I just pray you're doing well, you and yours. Um, I don't have uh, a question. I don't know how to pose it to you or just a comment maybe about this flagging, being flagged. Like if you mentioned the word awful demonic or Trump or the other awful word Jesus or trying to order a Bible that we're being, I mean, I figure we're already being tracked. Right. But it reminds me of, of Hitler. Mm-hmm. And so Brave New World, you? yes. In nineteen eighty four. Yes. They are the NSA and other groups and Google and other people, they are flagging certain words that are spoken and typed. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I mean but we're just staying staying strong, you know, regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thinking, well, I would better be careful about it. I mean, I do use other search engines, you know, to on the computer, you know, more secure mm-hmm. secure as they can be, right? But we're just, uh, that's just blowing my mind, you know, that we're actually watching, and to be times as these, so to speak, they're mm-hmm. actually watching prophecy, you know, and right in front of our eyes, man. It's, yep. uh, that's right, because really they're really unbelievers, they're, yeah. they're ungodly, they hate Christ, they're Christophobic, and so they don't want to uh, let us and others go unchecked. So if I were to mention COVID, I could be, I'll be flagged. If I mention Bible or Trump or conservative, uh, that those are flagged words. Now think about what happened to, uh, on uh, January 6th, these poor people who were in jail without trial. Oh my gosh. And uh, for what, insurrection? They didn't do any insurrection. Well, you got, well, you got the demoniac, you know, with, with his Corvette. Yeah. Yeah. But you got okay, the well, demoniac so hold on. his Corvette and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Hey, folks, hold on. We'll be right back after these messages. If you want, give me a call and uh, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 8772072276. Anonymous, are you still there? Yes, hi. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so um I don't know if you've read the novel okay. uh 1984 and also yeah. Fahrenheit 451 and also Brave New World. Those are the trifecta of dystopian uh, novels that should be read that's what's happening yeah it's happening happening. Uh yep Mm -mm -mm. so yeah we're in trouble and uh not much more to say (laughs) Uh yeah well the christians need to unite the christians need to stand up and we need to stand firm, but we need to stand firm not just simply by bending our knees and tithing a little bit and going out to dinner. We need to stand firm by taking uh, the place out on the road and picketing and petitioning and Warming calling. Their and being, yeah. And need to be very, very active. People need to do it. And if they don't, they can't blame uh, anybody but themselves for what's happening. 
That's because Christians have the obligation to get off their rears and start working and start doing for the kingdom of God. And they need to stop believing in the positive confession idiocy that God wants you healthy and wealthy. And that's where they turn their attention to themselves and their needs rather than the needs of the world around them. And Jesus says you're in the world, but not of the world. You've got to go out there and make disciples Thank of all God. nations. People don't want to do it. Okay. All right. I'm Melissa, my brother. Uh, we love you. We pray for you, and uh, just all the very best. I so appreciate what you do, Matt. Thank you, brother. Well, thank you. And hello to everybody in Radio Land. <laughs> all <laughs> okay. right. Well, thanks. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. So I've said this so many times before, and I say it again: that the Christian Church is an incredibly powerful thing if it were to be united and get its eyes off of itself and to put its eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. If pastors all over the place were to start preaching evangelism, start preaching discipleship, start preaching the, the majesty and integrity of God and His sovereignty, and that our free will is submitted to God's sovereignty instead of the humanistic crud that's being taught from so many pulpits today. If this could change, we could get the, uh, the, the body of Christ at large to start listening to the Holy Spirit who would then move us to start acting properly and in unison against the uh, the enemy which is uh, the devil that's working through society I mean you think about it what's happening in society we have the promotion of abortion homosexuality the alphabet mob we have uh, the woke idiocy that's going on the brainwashing of our children in schools this is the plot from the enemy to destroy our country and to destroy the efficacy of the of the gospel message that's what it ultimately is and the Christians if we're to stand up and be united all over this country and I believe that we need to have a united front and start standing up and not be divided over things like Calvinism, Arminianism, Lutheranism, Wesleyanism, or pre-trib or post-trib rapture or anything like that. We should be united in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, God in flesh who died on the cross, rose from the dead. If you put your faith and your trust in Him and Him alone, not your works, not your baptism, not your sacraments, not anything, you put your faith and trust in Him, then we are under the same umbrella Christian. And as a Christian, we are to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, what would you have us do? That's what has to happen. But I'm going to tell you, people don't want to do that because if they're going to ask God, what do you want me to really do, Lord? They're not going to be praying that because God will take them up on it and start convicting them and start changing them and start making them go out and do something. And most people don't want to do that because they have comfortable Christianity, hammock theology. And that's what's going on. It's unfortunate, but that's the truth. And I think that uh, the pastors who teach this kind of mamby-pamby, milk-toast uh, theology, uh, name it and claim it, idiocy, the crud, they're going to be judged by God for their sinfulness in it. And for those pastors who are not teaching the full gospel message of the truth of God's word, and stop catering to, to uh, tickling their ears and stop trying to just make them feel good in the pulpit and make all the surroundings and the lightings and the music and the mood comfortable for everybody. And just forget that. You know, if I were a pastor, let's say miraculously, some elders came to me and said, Matt, we've heard you on the radio. We want you to be a pastor of our church. We've got 500 people in our church. We just want you to do whatever you think is necessary in this church. We want to be discipled, and we want to know the gospel of Jesus Christ and do what's great. I'd say, oh, wow. Oh, praise God. Let's get on our knees right now and start praying. And I'll fast, and you'll fast. And we'll fast for three days. And let's come together and pray some more, and then we'll decide what we're going to do. Because I'll tell you, 
that we had to seek the Lord Jesus Christ and seek what what he wants but I'll tell you something from what God's put upon my heart I would expect that I'd get up there in that pulpit and say look look I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna teach you and I'm gonna teach you through the Word of God all of the Word of God and I'm gonna put it all together for you in a theological matrix that'll make sense so that you can understand what God wants and he's gonna call each and every one of you to some sort of ministry some way and if you don't like the idea of being equipped by God and you don't want the idea of being equipped for the work of service and you don't like the idea of maybe God wanting to work in you and shaping you and changing your heart and then maybe sending you out or maybe putting you into a prayer closet to be praying and interceding if you don't like any of that idea then look behind you look at the exit doors feel free to leave anytime we will just consider that to be the cleansing of the church where the goats leave now I'll say this is what we're called to do as ministers of the gospel now I'll say for those of you who want to hear the word of truth spoken uh, with power and the faithfulness to the word of God then open your Bibles too and let's go see that's how I would speak that's how I would preach I think that's what needs to happen across this country and I think pastors are the ones who need to set the tone pastors are the ones who need to start preaching with truth and the men who preach need to be men in the pulpit not mamby pamby men and if you have women pastors and elders they're gone they are gone they are unbiblical men need to stand up and do what's right you need to be strong don't listen to the ways of the world the attacks on masculinity at every angle at every door at every window don't submit to it what you should do is bow your knees open that word and go study the person of Jesus and say how did he behave as a man and I'll follow in his footsteps and Lord please equip me to do it and give me the strength and the courage to do it and when things go bad because they will because I'm not perfect and the world is evil and when things go bad teach me how to rely on you through it this is what we need to have and pastors need to be like that they need to teach the word of God in truth with power they need to do that and that's right Owens that's right he says in the chat women pastors happen because of the weak men that is absolutely correct I've said that so many times the reason women pastors are existing is because men aren't doing their jobs See, I'm a, I'm a very staunch believer in the truth of the Word of God and the truth of the Trinitarian uh, God and I'm a firm believer that you need to submit yourself to God's Word it is the final authority not your feelings not your church not me not anybody not your Pope not your sacraments not anybody anything not Ellen G White or Charles Taze Russell or Joseph Smith nobody the scriptures and if you were to actually submit to the Word of God and not believe that well, it's been corrupted that God couldn't hold his word steady and sure and trustworthy throughout history because it represents himself man there's the music I guess I gotta take a break now don't I all right there we go I'll be right back after these messages please stay tuned give me a call 877-207-2276 I want to hear from you give me a call It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I just heard one of Matt's rants. That's what it is. You know, 
I know the power of God's word. I know the truth of God's word. And I know we've got to stand on God's word. And I wish more people were doing it. I wish more people actually believed what the word of God says. Instead of giving lip service to it, going to church and being comforted. Always being comforted. I don't find that in the words of Christ like that. Oh, he did comfort people, but not always. He called them to service. He called them to do. What does your church do? Does it call you to service? Does it call you to do anything? Does it call you to discipleship? Does it call you to improving your relationship with Christ? Or does it give you messages one after another of just hope, hope, hope? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah, let's get back to some uh, more heresy from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So, um, did you know Ellen G. White Testimonies for the Church, Volume 8, page 268. Uh, to Christ has been given an exalted position. He has been made equal with the Father. Now, I need to read the whole context of this, but that's a, that's a bad quote. I mean, it's a bad statement. Uh, has it been exalted and made equal to the Father? No, Christ, by definition, is equal to the Father. Uh, let's see. The Father then made known that it was ordained by himself that Christ, his Son, should be equal with himself. Uh, this is a Ellen G. White here is demonstrating to me she does not understand biblical theology. She does not understand what the Trinity is or eternal sonship, eternal uh, decrees. Doesn't understand the truth of God's word. And this reminds me, you know, now I've had the privilege for over 40 years to study God's word and in depth. It's a rare privilege among people, and I'm grateful for that. It doesn't make me better than anybody, but it just means I've been allowed to study and study a great deal. Even at my age of 67, still studying, still learning, still preaching, still teaching. And uh, one of the things I've noticed is that uh, people who don't have a deep understanding of theology, biblical theology, say things like which, what this statement is, you know, that Christ is made equal with the, the Father. And, uh, yeah, I know about Acts 3.36 and all that kind of stuff, folks, but the thing is that uh, a lot of what happens is I've heard so many people over the years say uh, they call seminary cemetery, or you don't need an education, you just need the Holy Spirit, and they don't know what they're doing, they don't know what they're talking about, because they can't even parse the idea of what the Trinity is in relationship to eternal covenant theology. They don't even understand what these terms mean. And this is stuff that is biblically necessary because this is what the Bible teaches. And these things are in Scripture. And if they are in Scripture, then we need to understand them. The Trinity is in Scripture. Covenant is in Scripture. We need to understand predestination, election. We need to understand foreordination. God works all things after the counsel of his will. We need to understand these things and know how they interrelate among other topics within the biblical theological corpus. We need to do that. And if they don't want to do that because they're at some stupid church where they say, you don't need anything, you just need the Bible, just to, all you need is just the Holy Spirit, don't study. You know, they say stuff like this. It's ridiculous. Sorry, my, my tone is very good. But it, it bothers me because I... You know, let me tell you, I go on, I go different places and people are constantly asking me to teach them stuff. Constantly saying, what about this? I got a question here. I got a question there. I got a, what about this? What about that? And I give them answers. Now, I'm not saying I get all the answers. I'm just saying I'm someone who studied and they find that they want answers. They want answers. When I've gone to churches and seminars and taught and taught them, you know, some semi-advanced stuff and people are like, thank you. We never hear this kind of stuff. They want to hear it. 
which reminds me. Not tonight, but a week from tonight, I'll be in Sandy, Utah at 5 o'clock speaking at the uh, Utah Christian uh, Research Center. I think that's what it's called. Re- at uh, the MRM, Mormons and Research Ministries uh, thing. Let's see what I type this in. UtahChristianResearchCenter.com. Yeah, well, anyway, I'm going to be teaching on the Trinity uh, a, a week from tonight there. That's, you know, Lord willing, get there okay and everything. And then the next morning, I'll be teaching on um, on what we need to do as Christians uh, to grow in the faith and some other stuff and to defend the faith. So I'll be teaching on these things, and I, I hope to have some handouts. Nothing big, just uh, a little handouts and some PowerPoint stuff to show. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm just saying, I teach and and I love to do that. And just giving a nice mention out to uh, Utah Christian Research Center, which is really good. I've seen the pictures. I've not been there yet, but uh, I, know, I know the guys personally, and so I know I get a personal tour anytime. Uh, they are great. Uh, Bill McKeever, Eric Johnson, are just awesome. What they do, they love the Lord. Great servants of, of God. And they built this thing up. And I am just giving a nice plug. I mean, I'm looking at their the site on online, and it's awesome. Utah Christian Research Center. Utah Apologetics Research. They should have called it Utah Apologetics <laughs> Research Ministry. Instead of carbon, it would have been UARM. <laughs> oh, well, I'd like to tease them. So uh, there you go. Um, so, you know, so LNG White. It, it, it just comes it comes down to this do you believe the word of God or not and if you don't you're calling God a liar do you believe the Bible or do you believe it's been corrupted or do you believe it you know it's just not true to say that is to call God a liar because he's inspired those words that means it comes from him through the apostles and prophets and if you say, no, I deny it, I don't believe it, you're saying God's wrong. You're saying he lied. You're saying he doesn't know what he's doing. That's serious. And so if you're a Christian, shouldn't you just be holding that word in your hand saying, whoa, this is from God himself, the creator of the universe. What does it say? need to open it. need to read it. Well, Matt, there's too much history in some places, like in the Old Testament. Bad things happen. That's right. It's there for a reason, for our teaching, for understanding. But if you want theology, go to the New Testament and start studying. Romans. Go to Ephesians. I would say go to Ephesians and Galatians. Ephesians, Galatians, and Philippians. Those are those three. You can learn a lot in there. And you can also go to Carm and you know, get some articles that I've written on theology, and you can check them out and make sure they're biblical. And so what I see with the cults and aberrant groups and stuff like this and provisionists uh, and uh, others who uh, they just don't study the Word of God very deeply. They take it seriously, but they don't study it very deeply. So anyway, let me get into some other stuff that that is stated. Um, So Faith I Live By, page 40. This is... uh, um, writing from uh, SDA, Seventh-day Adventist. I guess it's where Mary Big, I mean, um, L.G. White said, uh, I saw a throne, and on it sat the Father and the Son. I gazed on Jesus' countenance and admired his lovely person, the Father's person. I could not behold, for a cloud of glorious light covered him. 
I asked Jesus if his father had a form like himself. He said he had, but I could not behold it. For he said, if you should once behold the glory of his person, you would cease to exist. So the father has a form like Jesus does? Or Ellen G. White said in Evangelism, page uh, 614, the Father is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now that's just a load of crud. It's, it's ridiculous that God the Father doesn't have a body, doesn't have a form like that. Oh boy, you know, it's so much heresy, so little time. Uh, let's check this out. Uh, so this is what Ellen G. White was saying, commenting on what she had claimed to be shown by God during the crucifixion. So she had to, apparently, God was telling her what was going on with Jesus during the crucifixion. Drum roll. Satan, with his fierce temptations, wrung the heart of Jesus. The Savior could not see through the portals of the tomb. Hope did not present to him his coming forth from the grave, a conqueror, or tell him of the Father's acceptance of the sacrifice. He feared that sin was so offensive to God that their separation was to be eternal. Now, this is uh, crackerjack theology, fortune cookie theology. It's mamby-pamby, ignorant theology given by someone who could not argue her way out of a wet paper heresy bag. And so, and wonder why? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what the theology is that corrects this. The theology is that the Trinity is one God and three distinct, simultaneous, co-eternal persons. God has always existed in a Trinitarian context, as a triune being. And from eternity, the Son was brought forth as the Son. He was not created, but he was always in relationship to the Father as the Son, because from eternity past, the Father elected the Son is the one who would redeem the ones chosen by the Father. Ephesians 1.4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And so because of it, the issue of the crucifixion and everything was already and eternally known by Christ, even as he walked on the earth. Ellen G. White was a fool for what she said. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, and welcome back to the show. Oh, we got nobody waiting. I think it's because I've been teaching on stuff and people are just listening, which means I'm going to continue. So I'm going to go on and teach on some more stupidity from um, Ellen G. White. How about this? Uh, uh, okay. Now check this out, folks. This is a serious, this is not only a serious error, it's a damnable error. error. Now, when I, I'm going to read it to you, and you've got to understand something. This is damnable heresy, which means if you teach this and affirm this, you cannot be considered a Christian, and the judgment of God is on you for damnation. This is a serious thing. How do you know that? If you study theology, you can. Notwithstanding, which is what she says. I'll back up a little bit. These words of confirmation were given to inspire faith in those who witnessed the scene and to strengthen the Savior for his mission. 
notwithstanding that the sins of a guilty world were laid upon Christ, notwithstanding the humiliation of taking himself upon himself our fallen nature. Now, to take upon himself our fallen nature? No, Jesus did not take upon our fallen on himself our fallen nature. He did not have a fallen nature. If you have a fallen nature, that is a blemish. It's a defect. And Deuteronomy 17.1 says that you're not to offer a sacrifice with any defect, with any blemish. To have a fallen nature is definitely a defect. And so that would invalidate the atonement. That's how serious this is. All right. Um, she said, uh, or it says, Bible reading for the home circle. Chapter 13. In his humanity, Christ partook of our sinful, fallen nature. And uh, goes on, Christ inherited just what every child of Adam inherited, a sinful nature. Thus each one is to overcome as Christ overcame. So this is damnable heresy. Now, I say those words uh, carefully, but truthfully and confidently. Because what they're doing, what she's doing here, is saying that Christ was defective. Now, the Christadelphians, which is a cult, denies the deity of Christ, denies the Trinity. It says that Christ had a fallen nature, but never sinned. And so the SDA here, Ellen G. White, is teaching that uh, he had a fallen nature. Now, I don't know. I'm going to find out uh, if he sinned or not. So, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking through some of this stuff. Sin, sin in his own, yeah. So, uh, it's damnable heresy because it's denying the sufficiency of who Christ is uh, and saying he was he was defective with a fallen nature and that uh, it would then invalidate the sacrifice because it would mean that the blemish was upon him that he would be defective and uh, Deuteronomy 17 1 says that's not possible to be offered to God so it's just a damnable heresy all right uh, here's some good stuff um, yeah I could get into that let's see how much time we got let's get into this this. Um, I'll just read this from the first from the first the great controversy had been upon the law of God Satan had sought to prove that God was unjust that his law was faulty and that the good of the universe required it to be changed in attacking the law he aimed to overthrow the authority of its author alright um, now I don't know where she got that but it's certainly not in, this, in the Bible and so she said in Patriarchs and Prophets page 69 so the thing is uh, this is not what the Bible teaches and it's not biblical so where's she getting this it's like Joseph Smith where did he get this oh God appeared to him no God didn't appear to him you know and it reminds me of 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 these present-day preachers you know big wig I mean people on TV you know and they'll say, God told me I was in a vision and went to heaven and I was talking to Jesus, you know. And you know what he told me? Oh, let me tell you what he told me. He told me this. And everybody's just sitting there going, oh, saw Jesus and talked to Jesus. I'd be like raising my hand. 
Why are you still standing? You're talking about being in the presence of the creator of the universe who died on the cross for our sins. The glory of his presence you are in. And when you talk about it, you talk about it casually. Why are you not weeping? Why are you not on the floor? Why are you not begging mercy as you even speak about what you saw? Yeah. Oh, the casualness with which people approach God himself. As though God is not the majestic king. And somehow he will accommodate to their level. Well, he did in the person of Jesus, but without sin and with perfection and with truth. Um, okay, and she said, uh, and lift him up, page 235. Christ left his position in the heavenly courts and came to this earth to live the life of human beings. The sacrifice he made in order to show that Satan's charge against God is false, that it is possible for man to obey the laws of God's kingdom. Really? I'd love to meet one of those people. I'd love to meet a, an SDA person. Hey, are you keeping the laws of God's kingdom? Yep, I surely am. I'd say, uh, okay. On the same level as Jesus? That's right. Same level as Jesus. You know, and then I'd step back because would want the lightning bolt to, to hit me. You know, God's a good shot, but you know. So uh, people who actually think that they, in their arrogance and their pride, can keep the law of God, and they can do it on the level of Jesus. No, Jesus did it perfectly in his heart with every intention, with every thought. And here we have people saying that they can obey the laws of God. And uh, we are told to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And that's the that's Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19.18, which are reiterated in the New Testament in Matthew 22.37 and 38, respectively. So, 39, respectively. So the thing is that uh, nobody can keep the law. And this is foolishness to say that. If we could keep the law, then why did Christ need to die? Uh, let's see. Uh, the plan of salvation. Uh... Soon I saw him approach the exceeding bright light which oh, Jesus approached, uh, which enshrouded the Father. And uh, the anxiety of the angels seemed to be intense while Jesus was com communing with his Father. Three times he was shut in by the glorious light by the Father. The third time he came to the Father, this person could be seen. Who is this? Okay. I think it's Jesus. He told them that he had been pleading with his father and had offered to give his life a ransom and to take the sentence of death upon himself that through him man might find pardon and through the merits of his blood and obedience to the law of God they could have the favor of God. That's Roman Catholic theology. What's really interesting is the SDA, Seventh-day Adventists, they just not all over the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, it's apostate. It's pagan. Come out of it. Come out of the Catholic Church. Come out of it. Come into the truth of the SDA. And yet they teach the same thing that the uh, Catholics do, obedience to the laws. In paragraph 2068 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says you obtain salvation through faith, baptism, and the observance of the commandments. So what do they say? You know, can we say cult? It's I can. Cult? Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Jesus, uh, Jesus bade the heavenly host be reconciled to the plan that his father accepted and rejoiced that... Oh, yeah, this is out of Mormonism. 
Mormonism teaches this. You know, God the Fa- I mean, Jesus and the devil had plans for salvation, and God the Father accepted Jesus' plan. Now, uh, Ellen G. White was around the time of the Millerites, which were around the time of, of early Mormonism. So I'm sure there was some influence there, because this is just stupidification. There is no pre-existent plan that Jesus came up with to give to the Father, and the Father went, okay, we'll go with that one. The sovereign king of the universe? Okay, we'll go with your plan. What? It's like God saying, hey, can I have a vote on what plan is good? Yeah, let me see. Okay, hey, we'll go with that one. It's like that. If you think about it, God knows all things from all eternity. First uh, John 3.20. He works all things after the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11. So, how is it that he's going to accept someone else's plan? Doesn't he know the plan from eternity? Hasn't he developed it because he's the sovereign king? Wait, no, he's not. He needs the advice and help of somebody else. This is what happens when you don't believe the word of God. You start believing lies from the devil. Oh, so much heresy, so little time. All right, let's get on with this. Um... Uh, this is from L.G. White, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 4, page 294. i got to think, uh, I got this information, i got to just tell you, from Miles Christian, that's his name, who um, it runs uh, Answering Adventism. So I'm just giving credit where it's due. I didn't come up with these. These I'm going to go check them, uh, but i got some ideas on how I want to, I, I like to link to online sources. Here's the quote, here's this and that, I'm going to check everything. Uh, but I have every bit uh, of, of confidence in his integrity to find these and represent them accurately. And so, um, just kudos where it goes. I mean, I've done my own research, and I've got some quotes too, but these are some I don't have. This is good stuff, as in heresy goes. So this is what uh, G. White said. Man who has defaced the image of God in his soul by corrupt life cannot by mere human effort affect a radical change in himself. He must accept the provisions of the gospel. He must be reconciled to God through obedience to his law and faith in Jesus Christ. That is damnable heresy. That's Roman Catholicism. That's Eastern Orthodoxy. That's Mormonism. That's Jehovah's Witnesses. It's the same thing. Because they have a false understanding of God and his great majesty and the supremacy of his word, they don't believe what he says. So now you have to be obedient to the law in order to be right with God? Give me a break. Who can do that? We should give them a uh, a special t-shirt with a hand, just a hand, like the right hand, printed on the back. doesn't say anything else. Nothing in the front. We give this to... SDA and Catholics and Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, SDEO, you know, who teach that you can reconcile, you know, with God through your own obedience of, of keeping the law. And the hand on the back of this T-shirt, every time you take a step, you pat yourself on the back. I think that would be appropriate. Give it to him. And this quote goes on, His life from hence th- uh, thenceforth must be governed by a new principle. Through repentance, faith, and good works, he may perfect a righteous character. Well, righteous character, perfect. We could let that one slide, okay? But uh, repentance, faith, and good works, you may perfect a righteous character. That's not too bad, but in the context of what's going on, 
be reconciled through obedience to his law and faith. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's heresy. How about this? This is in Sons and Daughters of God, page 156. Uh, man, let's see how much time. Oh, we're almost out of time. Oh, I can't even read it. We're, the music's going to start. I can't even finish it. And this is a good quote. Hey, folks, uh, we're out of time. May the Lord bless you. I hope you have a great weekend. And by his grace, I'm back on there on Monday. And we'll talk to you then. We'll talk to you, Lord willing, on Monday. Hope you enjoyed this show. God bless everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. Another program powered by the Truth Network.